Like my $5 Walmart shoes? Yeah, they're cute. They're on sale. I was like, yeah, sure, I need those. I did wear them to work one day, and it was like the first time I wore them. So, like, as soon as I got in the car to drive and I took them off, I couldn't put them back on. Nope. So. 59, by the way. I actually slept pretty good last night. I'm just starting to Yeah. I can understand that.
Good morning, St. Michael's. We're so glad to be back in the house of the Lord. I'm just so thankful. Lord, I just thank you for all your promises. I thank you for looking out for our church family, for touching everyone's lives, and just being with us, being present during this trying time. In Jesus' name, amen. St. Michael's today. So glad to see those of you here and those of you online. 
I want to tell you that uh, for all of our scares and concerns and the people, our friends that uh, uh, have been exposed or come down positive with COVID, everyone is on the mend. Everyone is better, praise God. And I think that our uh, uh, new exposures are gone. So praise God for that. It's a great and glorious day. Blessed be God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Blessed be His kingdom, now and forever. Amen. Almighty God, to you all hearts are open, all desires known, and from you no secrets are hid. Cleanse the thoughts of our hearts by the inspiration of your Holy Spirit, that we may perfectly love you and worthily magnify your holy name. Through Christ our Lord. Amen. Jesus said the first commandment is this, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. The second is this, love your neighbor as yourself. There is no other commandment greater than these. And as we prepare to celebrate the mystery of Christ's love, let us acknowledge our sins and ask the Lord for pardon and strength. Please kneel. Most merciful God, I confess that I have sinned against you in thought, word, and deed by what I have done and by what I have left undone. I have not loved you with my whole heart. I have not loved my neighbors as myself. I am truly sorry, and I humbly repent. For the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, have mercy on me and forgive me, that I may delight in your will and walk in your ways, to the glory of your name. Amen. The Almighty and merciful Lord grant you absolution and remission of all your sins, true repentance, amendment of life, and the grace and consolation of his Holy Spirit. Amen. Lord, have mercy. Christ, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. Glory be to God on high, and on earth peace, goodwill towards men. We praise Thee, we bless Thee, we worship Thee, we glorify Thee, we give thanks to Thee for Thy great glory. O Lord God, Heavenly King, God the Father Almighty, O Lord, the only begotten Son, Jesus Christ, O Lord God, Lamb of God, Son of the Father, that takest away the sins of the world, have mercy upon us. Thou that takest away the sins of the world, receive our prayer. Thou that sittest at the right hand of God the Father, have mercy upon us. For Thou only art holy, Thou only art the Lord, Thou only, O Christ, with the Holy Ghost, Art most high in the glory of God the Father. Amen.
first lesson comes from Isaiah, chapter 25, verse 1, beginning. O Lord, you are my God. I will exalt you. I will praise your name, for you have done wonderful things. Your counsels of old are faithfulness and truth. For you have made a city a ruin, a fortified city a ruin, a palace of foreigners to be a city no more. It will never be rebuilt. Therefore, the strong people will glorify you. The city of the terrible nations will fear you. For you have been a strength to the poor, a strength to the needy in his distress, a refuge from the storm, a shade from the heat. For the blast of the terrible ones is as a storm against the wall. You will reduce the noise of aliens as heat in a dry place, as heat in the shadow of a cloud, the song of the terrible ones will be diminished. And in this mountain, the Lord of hosts will make for all people a feast of choice pieces, a feast of wines on the lees, of fat things full of marrow, of well-refined wines on the lees. And he will destroy on this mountain the surface of the covering cast over all people, and the veil that is spread over all nations. He will swallow up death forever, and the Lord God will wipe away tears from all faces. The rebuke of his people he will take away from all the earth, for the Lord has spoken. And it will be said in that day, Behold, this is our God. 
We have waited for him, and he will save us. This is the Lord. We have waited for him. We will be glad and rejoice in his salvation. The word of the Lord. Our psalm this morning is Psalm 106, and we'll say it responsibly by the asterisk. Hallelujah. Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. For his mercy endures forever. Who can utter the mighty acts of the Lord? Who can declare all his praise? Blessed are those who keep justice. Remember me, O Lord, with the favor you have towards your people. That I may see the benefit of your chosen ones, that I may rejoice in the gladness of your nation. Blessed be the Lord God of Israel, from everlasting to everlasting. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit. As it was in the beginning, it is now, and will be Amen. The second reading today, the New Testament, from Paul's letter to the Philippians, chapter 4, verse 4 through 7. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say, rejoice, let your gentleness be known to all men. The Lord is at hand. Be anxious for nothing but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Let your requests be made known to God and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. The Word of the Lord. The Holy Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ according to St. Matthew. Glory be to thee, O Lord. St. Matthew chapter 22, beginning at verse 1. And Jesus answered and spoke to them again by parables and said, The kingdom of heaven is like a certain king who arranged a marriage for his son and sent out his servants to call those who were invited to the wedding. And, And they were not willing to come. Again, he sent out other servants, saying, Tell those who are invited, See, I have prepared my dinner. My oxen and fatted cattle are killed, and all things are ready. Come to the wedding. But they made light of it and went their ways, went to his own farm, 
another to his own, another to his business. And the rest seized his servants, treated them spitefully, and killed them. But when the king heard about it, he was furious. And he sent out his armies, destroyed those murderers, and burned up their city. Then he said to his servants, The wedding is ready, but those who were invited were not worthy. Therefore, go into the highways, and as many as you find, invite to the wedding. So those servants went out into the highways and gathered together all whom they found, both good and bad. And the wedding hall was filled with guests. But when the king came in to see the guests, he saw a man there who did not have on a wedding garment. So he said to him, Friend, how did you come in here without a wedding garment? And the man was speechless. Then the king said to the servants, Bind him hand and foot, take him away, and cast him into outer darkness. There will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. For many are called, but few are chosen. The gospel of our Lord. Praise be to thee, Lord Christ. Now I can see. <laughs> can you hear me? Excellent. So, um, crazy week. Better. Bishop Kessler, if you if you watched the uh, service last week, you knew that Bishop Kessler was in Oklahoma, and it was a great service. Hope you have a chance to see it if you haven't already. And on the drive back, he's a little under the weather, so he's not here today, and that's why. Just traveling and resting. So keep him in your prayers as always. And uh, I'm glad to be here. It's a great day for me. Uh, Father Bob, rejoice in the Lord always. And again I say rejoice. (laughs) That is the word of the Lord. Well done. Always great to hear your voice declaring those things. You know when... um, when my family and I were quarantined, my wife and, and my family started praying together that, that whole chapter out of Philippians, that whole chapter, just to encourage you, you know, be anxious for nothing. And, you know, praise God. And, and Psalm 91, too. So uh, there's that. So, you know, today I want to start, I want to start my message today with one of my favorite places that I like to start, and that's out of Luke chapter 4 where Jesus goes to his hometown and declares his mission. I love the idea that Jesus had a hometown. And he goes to the synagogue and he opens a scroll and he reads from it. And this is what he said. This is the passage, starting in verse 16. And Jesus came to Nazareth, where he had been brought up, And as was his custom, he entered the synagogue on the Sabbath and stood up to read. And the book of the prophet Isaiah was handed to him, and he opened the book and found the place where it is written, The Spirit of the Lord is on me, because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim release to the captives and recovery of sight 
to the blind, to set free those who are oppressed, to proclaim the favorable year of the Lord. And he closed the book. He gave it back to the attendant and sat down. And all the eyes in the synagogue were fixed on him. And he began to say to them, Today this scripture has been fulfilled in your hearing. Amen. That is the promise and the hope of our faith. Almost everyone I know in the church has a story of a moment or a day when their life changed, when they gave their life to Jesus and accepted Him as their Lord and Savior. Almost everyone I know that tells that story tells a story about a day when they were in the pit of despair, when their life was in pieces and they needed to be rescued. And God was there to rescue them, and their lives have been changed ever since. My life was a little different, uh, because I suppose we were all a little different. I was in college, and everything in my life was going my way. Everything was perfect. I was doing things that years before I had only dreamed of. I had been raised in the Baptist church. I was raised in the Baptist church. I was baptized at 13. I consented, acknowledged the creeds, agreed with them, and was willing. <laughs> you know, but I, I, was a, I was a teenager. I was looking at the world. I was discovering things for the first time. I had my doubts. And I spent several years just wondering and, and mostly not paying attention. But there came a day, for me, a day when I could look around me and say, God had blessed me tremendously. It wasn't my doing. That was a pretty tough acknowledgement for me. <laughs> but it was true, and I knew it. And I knew that there was something more that had to happen in my life. Something more than just an acknowledgement, a recognition, you know, a tip of the hat, hey, hey God. Um, but that I had to change my life. And I did, and I made a commitment, and it's changed my life every day since then. And it was, it was as if I had been blind, and now I see. It was as if I had been blind, and now I see. There is a, there is a story I like to tell about Alexander Solzhenitsyn, who was, who was in a Soviet prison camp, a labor camp, where they basically attempted to work you to death. And uh, as he described it, he said, you know, as an academic, and he was, the goal that they would do to survive in a prison camp was to get fully engaged in all of these political intrigues. And he'd had enough, and he said, I decided to just walk away from all that and to learn for himself a manual labor, and he became a bricklayer. And he was terrible at it, so it took him twice as long, you know, the other bricklayers are laughing at him. But he described this moment. He said, at that moment, I sunk down, down to the very rocky bottom that is the same for all men. And from that day forward, I knew no upheavals in my life. All right. So this is Solzhenitsyn in a, in a Soviet prison camp for for writing disparaging remarks about Stalin, veiled disparaging remarks about Stalin in a letter to a friend. 
Now, I know his biography pretty well. And when he says there were no, there were no more upheavals in his life from that moment forward, that's shocking for me to hear. Like I say, I know his biography, and I look at it, and it was a series of upheavals, crazy things that happened to him. It was not a peaceful place for him to be. And he became, he became quite outspoken later and was like an enemy of the state, a dissident. And before that, even before he got out of his prison sentence, he came down with, with cancer and was basically doomed to die, was saved by a miracle. No upheavals in his life from that day forward. Well, I, I like to describe that because it's the same with me, right? It's the same with me in my life. Since that day, there have been no upheavals in my life. Sure, plenty of opportunities in my life where I needed to cry out to God and be rescued, often because of who I was and what I was doing. You know, I'm not perfect. I'm not as smart as I think I am. But yet that that transformative moment, that moment when you're born again, when you're changed forever, just lives on in you. The Jesus who saved me sent the Holy Spirit to be in me, and that resurrection life is with me every day. And in spite of whatever circumstances I may find myself, I can, with Solzhenitsyn, say, there are no upheavals in my life. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to just mention briefly here, as my, my wife Debbie had a similar experience a couple of years later, back there when we were both in college. And, and I mentioned that. Happy birthday, Debbie. <laughs> That was just a few short years ago. <laughs> we were so young. Uh, but it's been a great life. It's been a great life. And it's been a great life because God has continued to rescue me when I was in danger or despair and to bless me in all my life and all my family. And I'm grateful for it. And I'm sure everyone, everyone born again has that same same essence or same sense in their own selves about what it means to be born again. If you don't, today's the day. Today's the day you can be rescued from whatever trouble you're in, whether you're born again or not. (laughs) Rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. I want to read this too. This is what to it when it says that Jesus took the scroll of Isaiah and he read from it. This is the scripture that they point to that he was reading from. And it's in Isaiah 61, verse 1 and 2. And it says, The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me, because the Lord has anointed me to bring good news to the afflicted. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to captives and freedom to prisoners, Proclaim the favorable year of the Lord and the day of vengeance of our God to comfort all who mourn. <laughs> this, this passage always moves me because when I look around, I see a lot of people that are brokenhearted. It's easy in this world to be brokenhearted. And to know that Jesus was sent to bind up the brokenhearted is a comfort to me. Now, proclaiming liberty and setting captives free, I'm all for that. And that's like one of the pillars I stand on. But 
what I see that's much harder is to bind up the brokenhearted, to heal your broken heart, to set your life back in a good and proper place. And I'm sure and I hope that you remember those times in your life too. And it's, it's, um, it's those moments that washes away all the doubts. And this is the transition we're talking about in Colossians chapter 2. It says, when you were dead in your transgressions and the uncircumcision of your flesh, he made you alive together with him. Having forgiven us all our transgressions, having canceled out the certificate of death, certificate of debt, Consisting of decrees against us, we know how we failed. Having canceled out the certificate of debt consisting of decrees against us, which was hostile to us, yes. And he has taken it out of the way, having nailed it to the cross. (laughs) I hope you're as happy about that as I am. (laughs) Okay, so... You know, the thing is, how do I say this? Those words are powerful and true and meaningful and real. But there was a day, there was a day when, I don't know, Mary and Mary, the women in Jesus' company go to the tomb because he's dead. He's been crucified. Their world is upside down. We have no idea. (laughs) <laughs> and they go to the they go to the tomb and the stones rolled away and there's this shining angel there. And this is what he says. Matthew 28 starting verse 5. The angel said to the woman, "Do not be afraid, for I know that you are looking for Jesus who has been crucified. He's not here, for he has risen just as he said." Come and see the place where he was lying. Jesus was raised from the dead, just like he said. You who've been set free from sin and death, just like he said. You are released from captivity and oppression, just like he said. Your broken heart is healed and your eyes are open, just like he said. No doubt. Now, this is the hope that we have as Christians. And our faith, you know, we know from Hebrews, faith is the substance of things hoped for. Our faith makes that fixed, tangible, real. The hope that we have in Christ Jesus. So, so question, why Why am I starting here? (laughs) This is the foundation, so why are we beginning here? Well, for one thing, the world is crazy. You may have noticed. It's completely crazy. (laughs) Right? We We got politics that are more strange than I've lived through before. Maybe they're not the strangest in all history, but it's new to me. Um, We got riots. Yeah, okay, maybe when I was a kid, but... We got riots. 
We got COVID. You know, St. Michael's, we had a little bit of a few of our friends that came down with COVID, COVID positive, and thank God I feel I feel very much like we're on the other side of that. People are on the mend, well, better. Uh, exposures are like, haven't heard of any this week, so I'm happy. Uh, right after we had our little experience there, apparently they did the same thing at the White House. <laughs> Not only the White House, but the NFL. All of a sudden, it was all the rage. We were hit. <laughs> but that's crazy, right? It's crazy, crazy world. And and there's this there's this strange ideologically driven arguments out there that make no sense to me. I said, the world is crazy right now in ways I've never seen. Couldn't find a better time for us to start talking about the tools of discernment that God has given us to figure out the difference between truth and lies, good and evil, right and wrong, or as Father Ed quoted a few weeks ago, uh, the difference between right and almost right. <laughs> Good time for God to be reminding us that he's given us tools to see what's true, to know that he can remove the scales from our eyes and reveal the truth to us, to know that we can discern. I want to talk about Jesse's sermon a couple of weeks ago. He was preaching about Nehemiah. Uh, Nehemiah was in exile and heard about Jerusalem, the capital of his faith, and the walls were torn down, it was a wreck, and God moved on him and gave him a vision and a mission to rebuild those walls. He was supported by the king, and he goes to do this work and finds nothing but opposition in all of it. And Jesse was sharing with us the tools that Nehemiah used to overcome the opposition to God's plan that Nehemiah was devoted to. These are the things that Nehemiah used, that we do too. Like Nehemiah, we rely on the power of God, not our own ability. We know that God has given us an assignment, and we can trust God to provide for us what we need and to make sure that the work is successful. We do not trust in the world it's always wrong, or at best, almost right. This fight we fight is against ideas that set themselves against the purposes of God. It's not the people that are our enemy, but it's this opposition that sets itself up against the purposes of God. Its weapons are lies and falsehoods, deception and manipulation. We fight for our families, for our friends, our homes, and for each other. And the sacrifices that we make are worth it. We refuse to be distracted. We reject accusation, condemnation, guilt, and fear. They are all the same. Cheap attempts to manipulate you. We stand firm in the assignment God has given us and within the boundaries that he puts around us and the character that he is growing in us. Philippians 1.6 says, He who began a good work in you will perfect it. Just like he said. 
Okay, so all that by means of introduction. You probably already have figured out that my topic and my subject today that I want to share with you is biblical finances. (laughs) You all saw that coming, right? Yeah? No. Okay. (laughs) Let me explain. I'm thinking about how this message that, that we've shared, this message of confidence in God, confidence in the mission that he's given each and every one of us, is related to biblical finances. No matter what our circumstances or how much blame we deserve for our financial condition, his resurrection life is in us, full of redemption, full of forgiveness, with the power to overcome. In order that we might more fully fulfill his plan for us and through us, having built in us a firm foundation. You do have a mission, an assignment God has given to you. He has created all of us unique in all the world with a single purpose that is just for us. What we bring to the table can't be done by anyone else. And you need to care for your finances so that they don't become an obstacle to you. You need to care for your finances so that you can be free to hear and obey what God is asking you to do. You need to take care of your finances so that you won't be distracted or manipulated. We are living in crazy times. Politics, riots, violence, anger, covid strange ideologies. But there will be normal life again. There will be normal life again, and we need to prepare. We need to be prepared for it. And a part of our being prepared is to make sure we get our financial house in order. These tools, I'm going to read the list, these tools of discernment that we use to hear from God and know how He has called us to walk out our life are useful for us also in the area of our finances. One, live within the boundaries of God's will. Two, trust in the promises of God. Three, know that God wants you to know the truth and to prosper. You know, it's not in this rule, but it says God wants you to know the truth and to prosper. You know what? He's able to do what he wants. If we cooperate with him, we can expect him to do this, to to reveal to us what's true and right and good and to provide for us. Hmm. Don't conform to this world. Train yourself to recognize the tricks of your adversary. Have good friends. Know the map. Calibrate your compass. Clean your telescope. Know where you're going. Know the direction. Be able to see. All right. Those are the rules. And they are for us to help us discern about our finances. Now, here's something I know. I know you pray all the time saying, give us this day our daily bread. 
Give us this day our daily bread. Yeah, okay. <laughs> Did he? Oh, yeah, baby. Yes. He has provided for me my daily bread every day. Probably, right? Eating manna in the desert, we know from our forefathers in Israel, when they wandered in the desert eating manna, they complained a lot. They complained a lot. And they were craving things they didn't have. Huh. That always leads to trouble. <laughs> that always leads to trouble. That's a part of what our financial trouble is, we think of this, right? And So let me just say this. This is almost a sidebar here. And I'm speaking to you not as a priest, but as a banker. Never borrow money needlessly. Huh. There's a rule. As a banker, I can tell you, the bank always turns out okay. <laughs> the house always wins, right? You lose. <laughs> okay, as we go through this series and we start talking about money and particulars more and more about these things, using our discernment to find out where God's leading us, the one thing you have to keep in mind is this, if this ever turns into guilt and manipulation, reject it. I'm against that sort of thing. That's not what this is about. This is about the truth that God's given us that we might prosper in this place, all of us here together. I want you to be successful, and I know that God does too. Now, how these tools get applied in your life, God knows. <laughs> You're going to have to figure that out. I think that that's one of the hardest things for Christians, right? Or just human beings in general. Just give me a list of rules. I will follow the rules. But our rule is say, figure this out. Hear from the Holy Spirit. Do what he tells you. You've got to figure that out. I want to help you, but you've got to figure that out. What I know is God has a mission for you, and he wants you to be successful. Okay. Now. When you think about your finances, I want you to think about this day, the day that you were born again. The moments in your life when God has rescued you from trouble and danger, because he has. And we know God is faithful, and he always will. I don't know what your finances are, but if they're a mess, no worries. God has already forgiven you. He's already given you ways to, to escape he will provide the rescue for you, no matter what your circumstances are. If you're doing good, then hey, help. <laughs> Jesus read from Isaiah, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor, good news to the poor. He sent me to proclaim release to the captives, recovery of sight to the blind, to set free those who are oppressed, to proclaim the favorable year of the Lord. I could use a favorable year of the Lord right now. Huh. This is every day. My circumstances do not dictate the peace of my heart. And he said, today, this scripture has been fulfilled in your hearing. And you believe it because he's risen, just like he said. Here ends the lesson. 
Please stand. We have, for the second week in a row, a great baptism. We want the candidates to now be presented, the candidate to now be presented. (laughs) All right. Sarah Marie Reed. Amen. <laughs> All right, where are we? No, where are my glasses? Right here. Okay. Amen. Good crowd. All around the world. Good sermon. <laughs> Amen, brother. All right. I'm going to leave this off. Sorry. I'm violating the principles here. You got my book? All right. You come over here. Right here. Where's Phil? There he is. Thank God. There we go. <laughs> the candidate may now be presented. We present Sarah Marie Reed to receive the sacrament of baptism. Will you be responsible for seeing that the child you present is brought up in the Christian faith and life? I will, with God's help. Will you, by your prayers and witness, help this child to grow into the full stature of Christ? I will, with God's help. Do you renounce Satan and all the spiritual forces of wickedness that rebel against God? I renounce them. Do you renounce the evil powers of this world which corrupt and destroy the creatures of God? Do you renounce all sinful desires that draw you from the love of God? I renounce them. Do you turn to Jesus and accept him as your Savior? I do. Do you put your whole trust in his grace and love? I do. Do you promise to follow and obey him as your Lord? I do. All right, everybody else. Will you who witness these vows do all in your power to support these these persons to support Sarah in her life in Christ? Let us join with those who are committing themselves to Christ and renew our own baptismal covenant. Do you believe in God the Father? I believe in God, Father Almighty, Creator of heaven and earth. Do you believe in Jesus, the Son of God? I believe in Jesus Christ, His only Son, our Lord. He was conceived by the Holy Spirit and born of the Virgin Mary. He suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended to the dead. On the third day, He rose again. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again to judge the living and the dead. Do you believe in God, the Holy Spirit? I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Will you continue in the apostles' teaching and fellowship, in the breaking of bread, and in the prayers? I will with God's help. Will you persevere in resisting evil? 
And whenever you fall into sin, repent and return to the Lord. I will with God's help. Will you proclaim by word and example the good news of God in Christ? I will with God's help. Will you seek and serve Christ in all persons, loving your neighbors as yourself? I will with God's help. Will you strive for justice and peace among all people and respect the dignity of every human being? I will with God's help. All right. Let us pray for this child who is to receive the sacrament of new birth. Deliver her, O Lord, from the way of sin and death. Lord, hear our prayer. Open her heart to your grace and truth. Lord, hear our prayer. Fill her with your holy and life-giving spirit. Lord, hear our prayer. Keep her in the faith and communion of your holy church. Lord, hear our prayer. Teach her to love others in the power of the Spirit. Lord, hear our prayer. Send her into the world and witness to your love. Lord, hear our prayer. Bring her to the fullness of your peace and glory. Lord, hear our prayer. Grant, O Lord, that all who are baptized in the death of Jesus Christ, your Son, may live in the power of his resurrection and look for him to come again in glory, who lives and reigns now and forever. Amen. Lord be with you. And also with you. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is right to give thanks and praise. We thank you, Almighty God, for the gift of water over it. The Holy Spirit moved in the beginning of creation. Through it, you led the children of Israel out of their bondage in Egypt and into the land of promise. In it, your son, Jesus, received the baptism of John and was anointed by the Holy Spirit as the Messiah, the Christ, to lead us through his death and resurrection from the bondage of sin into everlasting life. We thank you, Father, for the water of baptism in it. We are buried with Christ in his death. By it, we share in his resurrection. Through it, we are reborn by the Holy Spirit. Therefore, in joyful obedience to your Son, we bring into his fellowship those who come to him in faith, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Now, sanctify this water, we pray you, by the power of your Holy Spirit, that those who are here cleansed from sin and born again may continue forever in the risen life of Jesus Christ, our Savior. To him and to you and to the Holy Spirit be all honor and glory now and forever. Amen. I want to do both. Hold this baby and baptize this baby, but I only get to do one. (laughs) All right, I'm just going to grab this because I'm going to be this direction. Let's see. All right. All right. Sarah. Sarah Marie Reed. Great name. Love it. Sarah, I baptize you in the name of the Father. And of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Yep, you're wet. (laughs) All right. My, she took that peacefully. Sarah, you are sealed by the Holy Spirit as Christ's own forever. Amen. All right. Boy, she's taking this really well. (laughs) she is rejoicing (laughs) 
Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you, but by water and the Holy Spirit, you bestowed upon Sarah, your servant, the forgiveness of sin and have raised her to new life of grace. Sustain her, O Lord, in your Holy Spirit. Give her an inquiring and discerning heart, the courage to will and to persevere, a spirit to know and to love you, and the gift of joy and wonder in all your works. Amen. Sarah, receive the light of Christ and walk in it, and receive this stole as a symbol of your priesthood in the kingdom of God. Amen. (laughs) Let us welcome the newly baptized. We receive you into the household of God. Confess the faith of Christ crucified. Proclaim his resurrection and share with us his eternal priesthood. Amen. The peace of the Lord be always with you. Turn and greet your neighbors. The peace of the Lord. No, now it's coming this way. Sorry. (laughs) All right. All right. How's she doing? All right. I want a picture of this one. Who's got the camera? How's she look? Oh, yeah. There, do we both look good? All right. There she is, slept through it. Life has changed forever. I'll give this to this. Her? <laughs> All right. <laughs> yes. All righty. I don't have any announcements today. I think I've given them all. So let's just say, stay safe. I have uh, high hopes that uh, next Sunday we will be inching our way ever closer to normal. Uh, If you're watching online, I'll see you soon for curbside communion. Is there anything happening this week, Katie? Anything we should be aware of? Any big deals? Next week, maybe? Friday? (laughs) Yes, Katie and Micah, big day, wedding plan for Friday. Very excited for that. And then you're going to be here next day to lead worship? On Saturday? Oh, Saturday, Sunday. Give you two days. No. (laughs) Okay, well... I just pray it would be a really blessed day, moment, great weather, and great company. So looking forward to it. And Debbie's birthday. Happy birthday, Debbie. Uh, First birthday I saw her, she was 17. Turning 17. (laughs) We were young. All right. Let's pray for the offering. Through Christ, let us continually offer to God the sacrifice of praise, that is, the fruit of lips that acknowledge his name. But do not neglect to do good. And to share what you have for such sacrifices are pleasing to God. Looks like we have this backwards on here, so I just said it. <laughs> Lord, we thank you for everything, and we ask that you bless our tithes and offerings. Amen.
up and we bless it here and it is uh, it's something that you know is a part of our walk before the Lord it's a part of what we think of when we think about biblical finances and it's we are giving back to God out of part of that which you've given to us but it's much more than that because it, it, it captures so much of the, the work that we do every day and the work that we do to provide for ourselves and our families for each other and we bring it here because God then sanctifies all of the work that we do. It gives more meaning and purpose to our life. So I just want to call that out. It's a, it is a big part of our walk in the Lord. We welcome all baptized believers to receive the body and blood of Christ. This is the table of the Lord. It is made ready for those who love him and for those who want to love him more. So come, you who have much faith and you who have little, you who have been here often and you who have not been here long, you who have tried to follow and you who have failed, come, because it is the Lord who invites you. It is his will that those who want him should meet him here. Come to the table. The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Give thanks to the Lord our God. Amen. Father, all-powerful and ever-living God, we do well always and everywhere to give you thanks through Jesus Christ our Lord. Through his cross and resurrection, he freed us from sin and death and called us to the glory that has made us a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people set apart. Everywhere we proclaim your mighty works, for you have called us out of darkness into your own wonderful light. And so with all the choirs of angels in heaven, we proclaim your glory and join in their unending hymn of praise, saying, Holy, holy, holy Lord, God of power and might, heaven and earth are full of your glory. Hosanna in the highest. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. Lord, you are holy indeed, the fountain of all holiness. Let your Holy Spirit come upon these gifts and make them holy, that they may become for us the body and blood of our Lord Jesus Christ. Before he was given up to death, the death he freely accepted, he took bread. He gave you thanks. He broke it. He gave it to his disciples, saying, Take, eat. This is my body, which is given for you. Do this for the remembrance of me. When supper was ended, he took the cup again. He gave you thanks and praise. He gave the cup to his disciples and said, Drink this, all of you. This is my blood of the new covenant, which is shed for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Whenever you drink it, do this for the remembrance of me. Let us proclaim the mystery of our faith. Christ has died. Christ is risen. 
and Christ will come again. Amen. In memory of his death and resurrection, we offer you, Father, this life-giving bread, this saving cup. We thank you for counting us worthy to stand in your presence and serve you. May all of us who share in the body and blood of Jesus be brought together in unity by the Holy Spirit. Lord, remember your church throughout the world. Make us grow in love together with our patriarch, Craig, our Bishop Douglas, and all the clergy. Remember those for whom we now pray. Olivia, Connie, Susan, Carl, Serena, Naomi, Rachel, Nadia, Kyle, Sonia, Sandra, Maria, Karen, Father David and Darcy, Tammy, Thomas, Michael, Sherry, Kyla, Dan, the Oki family, the Alcarez family, Bishop Davidson, the Madison family, the Leclerc family, the Marines and sailors of Camp Pendleton and all those who serve in our armed forces. You can add the names of the people you're praying for. Draw our hearts to remember the poor and broken. As we receive the body and blood of Jesus, may we be transformed to become the body of Christ to the world. Have mercy on us all. Make us worthy to share eternal life with the apostles, martyrs, and all the saints. May we praise you in union with them and give you glory through your Son, Jesus Christ. By him, with him, and in him, in the unity of the Holy Spirit, all honor and glory is yours, Almighty Father, now and forever. Amen. Jesus taught us to call God our Father, and so we have the courage to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Alleluia. Christ our Passover is sacrificed for us. Therefore, let us keep the feast. Alleluia. Lamb of God, you take away the sins of the world. Lamb of God, you take away the sins of the world. Lamb of God, you take away the sins of the world. The gifts of God for the people of God, take them in remembrance that Jesus died for you and feed on him in your hearts with thanksgiving. Blessed are those who are called to his supper. Body of Christ broken for you. It says the body of Christ broken for you. I guess you get a cup too, eh? Hmm. All right, we're lining up to do intinction. It says the body of Christ broken for you.
eternal God, Heavenly Father, you have graciously accepted us as living members of your Son, our Savior, Jesus Christ. And you have fed us with spiritual food in the sacrament of his body and blood. Send us now into the world in peace and grant us strength and courage to love and serve you with gladness and singleness of heart. Through Christ our Lord. Amen. St. Michael, the archangel, defend us in the battle. Be our protection against the wickedness and snares of the devil. May God rebuke him, we humbly pray. And do thou, O Prince of the Heavenly Host, by the divine power of God, cast into hell Satan and all evil spirits who roam throughout the world, seeking the ruin of souls. As you go out from this place, always remember the gospel. That God was in Christ Jesus, reconciling the world to himself and not counting your sins against you. God loves you. God has forgiven you. God is not mad at you. God will never leave you or forsake you. And the blessing of God Almighty, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit be with you and those you love and care for now and forever. Amen. Let us go into the world rejoicing in the power of the Holy Spirit. Thanks be to God.